Yeah, nothing like uh, 1 a.m. coffee. Yeah. There's nothing quite like 1 a.m. coffee. Get it at your local mart. Mm. Black and refreshing. We live in a society. We do live we in a society. We wake up in a society. And when we wake up, you know what the most important thing to do is? No. To razzle them. Oh, yeah. To dazzle them. To, to razzle, dazzle, dazzle them. them. What are we talking about today, Brent? Uh, a, a, a strange little film called mm -hmm. My Son, My Son, What Have You Done? And what an interesting uh, way to put that film title, uh, you know, What Have Ye Done? It's truly, it brings to mind uh, the uh, old thespians. Yeah, and it's... it's Shakespearean. Uh, it's truly about uh, a thespian soul, is it not? Indeed. Yeah. So we return back to uh, Bad Lieutenant with uh, Werner Herzog film, and uh, David Lynch actually had his hands in this as well. He, uh, yeah, through his um, film production studio, Absurda. Absurda, yeah. which is fun, because his films are definitely absurd. absurd. Duh. Uh, and uh, we have a lot of people from... Uh, Port of Call, New Orleans, Nolens, yeah, as I referred to it. I I don't, I don't know like the exact uh, production schedule these films were on. Yeah, it's very strange. But they came out around the same time. Yep, we had uh, two thousand nine for my son. My son, what have ye done? And we're gonna course, say the full title each time. Yeah, uh, should we just say my son? My I son. I feel like that's a that's a that's a big fucking don't talk to me or my son my son what, what have you have, done what have you done ever again right and so like 2009 you can nine, talk to my bad lieutenant though yeah nine fucking whole years ago uh yeah i mean <laughs> yeah. like it's we're old the same year that bad lieutenant came out mm. same year so yeah like you said uh as far as production goes very strange which is fine for brad dorif because all he had to do was look like brad dorif or Michael Shannon? No. Well, both, honestly. Both. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all Brad Dorff had to do was get some facial hair. And then, like... His talk hair about... was already fucking long as shit. I just want to look at the river. <laughs> Michael Shannon's such a strange person. And his character in this film, Brad... Yeah. It's very uh, strange. Indeed. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of funny, because like, when, when I saw the DVD cover as well as, um, you know, just a lot of the movie posters, how it has that very shadowed Michael Shannon face. Yeah. It reminds me... It's what you see before you die. Yeah, well, honestly, what I was going to say is it reminds me of the Seventh Seal. He has a face like Death, death. from Seventh Seal. And of Max course, von Sydow. Yeah. And uh, fantastic role he had there. Mm -hmm. um, but of course... Uh, oh, he a lot of Death, the, my bad. Uh, who the fuck was it? Was Max Van Sydow the Crusader then? Yeah. Yes. Because his head was actually on the poster and the DVD case, but it was, like, slightly down. Yeah, he's looking down. Yeah. Feeling bad? Oh, man. What a fucking... I remember the day that I decided, I'm going to fucking randomly watch that movie, and now you just do that for me. <laughs> and today you chose My Son, My Son, What Have You Done? Yeah, I figured we'd do this one because we did Bad Lieutenant last time. Mm-hmm. Um, stay in the realm of Herzog. Yeah, we're in we're deep in the Herzog zone now. Oh fuck, dude! It is dark. It is bleak. It is strange. Are we gonna do Nosferatu next week, or do we have something else in the pipe? We should watch that movie sometime. I don't know. We should right. do an episode on it just yet. But mm -hmm. 
I, I do want to watch that movie again. I think you'd enjoy it. You know, weird. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so, Brent, I, I want you to walk me through what exactly we just fucking watched. I didn't fall asleep. I was Fuck actually, no, man. Ostriches. I, yeah, dude. Fucking ostriches. And giant fucking turkeys. Yeah. And just birds all around. Birds are the central theme. If I don't know how, how hard we touched upon the mm-hmm. reptile theme of Bad Lieutenant. We mentioned... Yeah, you, you call Bad Lieutenant the reptile film? Yes. Um, uh, my son, my mm-hmm. son, what have you done? It's definitely the avian. It's a bird. It's so many avian creatures. Yes. Um, uh, Brad, played by Michael Shannon, is very obsessed with flamingos and just kind of birds in general. Dude, there are so many fucking flamingos in this film. It's like suffocating. It really is. I don't know another word for it. There's really not. So, obviously, like, uh, some of the major examples, real quick, from uh, Bad Lieutenant. Obviously, we already touched on Michael Chan and Brad Dorif, But uh, Irma P. Hall, uh, and I believe she was the woman that was actually taking care of the elderly white lady that, like, Nick Cage attempted to fucking murder. He wasn't going to do it, but then he... He totally... He did pull out his gun. He's like, maybe I should. Maybe I should just fucking kill you both right now. Just fucking... You're what's wrong with America. Yeah. The reason this country's going down the fucking drain. And he was right. He was... It's it's not just the bougie, it's also the old people just sucking up all the oxygen. Sucking up all the all your kids' inheritance money. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> With that fucked oxygen tube. Yeah. Uh, nobody knows I'm here. So even if you can't convince them that it wasn't you who killed them, you're going to have a hard time convincing them that you took care of it worth a fuck. That's a, that's that's a, a legendary solid, scene. Yeah, that is like top ten. That is like top three cage performances. Hot take, I'm pretty sure that my son, my son, what have ye done, yes. would have been just a little bit better if... Uh, Nate Cage played Brad? No, keep Michael Shannon as Brad, because okay. he is fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. And, like, Michael Good Shannon point. looks weird. Yes. And can be very weird. But uh, keep Willem Dafoe, but what about a Willem Dafoe-Cage detective duo? I don't know if the world's ready for that. I'm- hey! Unsure. We had Willem Dafoe and Nick Cage in uh, Dog Eat Dog. That's true. Oh, dude, that was so good. That was fucked. Yeah, the movie was, it was uh, bleak. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Dude, I forgot we watched that. That was insane. The Pink Room? The Pink Room. Oh, that's that was like hurt a, my brain. That was a, yeah, it was hurting my eyes. If you've ever wanted to see like a 10 minute scene, it's probably not quite 10 minutes, but like where everything is bathed in Pepto Bismol. Yeah. Mm. Doggy dog, doggy dog, and then a um a horrible knife murder. Oh fuck, dude! Yeah, that movie is now washing over the the crevices and crinkles in my brain. And probably one of the best like final. I don't know if you call it the climax of the movie, the outro of the film. Yeah, yeah. Where. Uh, no, no, we're not here to talk about Doggy Dog. <laughs> it's so hard to I get lost to. in the cage tunnel, man. Um, but no, my son. Yeah, it would be cool if Nick Cage was in this film. It would yeah. be cool if he was in any fucking film, Tyler. <laughs> yeah, that's we know true. this is like the whole theme of our show. Yeah, very uh, podcast for two trying, people. Trying theme. to tell you to uh, get more Cage in your life. It's really all we ask. Yeah, your daily dosing of Cage. Where did you find your Cage today? <laughs> Do mine you was, know where your cage is? Mine was on your living room pillow. Yeah, that's where he's at. That's where I came I've been last, keep- too. <laughs> I've been keeping him safe. <laughs> Not from my fucking hot ropes. <laughs> Steamy hot loads. 
So uh, we follow Brad, who is a thespian soul. Yeah. And there's. It's hard to, to tell what he murder. did before he became an actor. Yeah, dude. Fucking. He lived really with like his mom. Beatnik. He was like a beatnik before. Yeah, hanging that. out with like hippie bros and mm-hmm. like. Dude, smoking trying to, like, weed, trying to be philosophical. Big went to Peru during the rainy season to try and uh, kayak, but then he had like a vision or something. Saying he's like, that it was going to be really dangerous and. Yeah, yeah. he's like. They go next up to the river, and it's just, like, rushing diarrhea waters. Yeah, like, just straight, like, diarrhea, chocolate milk. You can never undo that combination in your brain now. That is forever hardwired. You're welcome. Chocolate milk is diarrhea. Stop me. Yeah. I'll drink it. I mean, I, I'll drink I probably it. will, too, but, you know. It is shit, Austin. <laughs> uh, yeah, you gotta say that while I'm drinking this black coffee. <laughs> but, uh... <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, it's, it's a very... Like, you had kind of um, warned me beforehand, but this is a movie that is very thick in time jumps. It goes back and forth. It's like, I guess the tagline of the film, it says, like, the question isn't who, but why. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you have to kind of um, dissect. The movie opens with, like, a crime scene. Yeah. Um, and a pretty gnar one too. There's a lot of blood. Yeah. And um, what's the murder weapon? Sick ass blade. Yeah, dude. Sword. Fucking she got M'lady. done in. Yeah, an old lady, milady, got done in by some sick katas. Yeah. And that she got like straight fucking run through. Yeah. By a curved blade. <laughs> and uh, fucking hammer fell. Yep. There, there's your reference. <laughs> There's your reference. I know you were looking for it. Yeah, that's what people come here for. Yeah, sick references and just two things. Yup. Fucking gross. Um, save this. Save this episode, Brent. Come back. Yeah. So yeah, it's a crime scene, and you find out uh, Willem Dafoe and Michael Pena. Michael Pena's yeah. in this film. He's uh the Vargas. He's a detective. Yep. And he doesn't just sit there and narrate what his cousin did. Yeah. Cool. He does not. He's not going to um, catch us up with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Thank God. And he's not actually a robot in this film either, who's <laughs> lost his memories and thinks that he's a human. That's a real fucking thing. It's a fucking Netflix film, and I wasted my fucking time on it. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, sorry. Um, Still salty. They end up on like that scene. They're taking their fucking photos. They're their going notes. up to the house, and a mysterious individual, yeah. wheeling a coffee cup, Says, uh, gets Razzle? in his way. Dazzle. Wrestle them. Dazzle them. Wrestle, dazzle them. And then, like, he's like, excuse me. And then he, like, walks away. Yeah. And they go check out the crime scene, see the murder weapon. They're doing all their crime scene CSI shit. Yep. Measuring how far away the coffee cups are, how far down they are, the temperature. (laughs) Coffee is lukewarm. Yeah. Coffee cup A is approximately six inches to the northwest of coffee cup B. Yeah, like... Really weird shit. And Can then, you just, like, like, take pictures and get that? Right. And, like, they're using, like, I'm a voice recording, yeah. too. Like, yeah. I'm not going to tell them how to do their job, officer. But... Yeah, obviously. I didn't go to school for forensics, so I don't I didn't go to Hawkeye. <laughs> but I got the training, so I know how to deal with it. That's good. I'm glad you do, because I don't. Yeah. I have no idea That's nobody's gonna what I'd be doing. Nobody's going to know Hawkeye Community College um, commercials. Yeah, it's not a, like us. It's a local community college. It sucks balls. <laughs> that's that's the best way to fucking put that. That's your story. Yeah. So yeah, this you find out, 
uh, like one of the other detectives is like, "Hey, did you see a weird guy about six foot four? Yeah, like tall as fuck. Looks fucking weird as shit. Yeah. He's like, uh, yeah, I did. Looks kind of like Michael fucking Shannon. Yeah, he looks like Michael fucking Shannon. He's like, yeah, I did actually. He's like, why didn't you fucking arrest him? He's like, I didn't know I was supposed to. Yeah. Like, okay, like that's okay. I just want to like take a break right there. That's a stupid fucking question. Yeah. That is a stupid fucking question. You can't just like be like, you look fucking weird. Yeah, why didn't you arrest this guy who walked up to you? Yeah, because I'm not a fucking, I don't know. Because I left my gun in the car and I didn't, so I couldn't shoot him? Yeah. What? Um, so yeah, he brushes by the officer, razzles yeah. and dazzles him, and then he yeah. walks across the street to go feed his flamingos. And that's real. Like McDougal and like something. Yeah. Bad names. Oh yeah, they totally did. And like, they're sassy. No, oh, they are they're sassy. fucking sassy flamingos. Yeah, adorable though. They they are really cute. Yeah, uh, fucking so many fucking flamingos with this guy, and then he just goes inside, and they continue on with their crime scene investigation while they're fucking around. Uh, this blonde lady uh, shows up and is just like, "I'm his fucking fiance," and you know she's also got a weird face. Uh, Chloe Savigny, of course. I'm sorry if you think that she is incredibly attractive. I'm, she is. She she's is, cutie. She's she is a woman. <laughs> that's what I've got. Now that's a woman. She has a very strange face, and uh, if you're a Netflix fiend like myself, you probably saw her in Russian Doll. Did you watch? I don't think it's on uh, Netflix, but have you seen Watch If You Dare? I've heard the title. It's like a collection of short films. Oh, uh, like VHS. Kinda. Or record. Or is, no, records just its own thing, isn't it? I think so. Who fucking cares? Yeah, my son. Yeah. My son, what have you done? Uh, mm, he killed he, his mom. Yeah, he killed his mom. He straight fucking ran her through with a cavalry sword. And now the question is why? Why? And so, like, you the, get the story through, like, It's, like, present accounts. day. Yeah. Um, It's, like, he's now in his house with a mm-hmm. shotgun. He's taken hostages. Wherever the fuck the shotgun came from. Yeah. You find out that his mom got him a grand piano because he wanted one really bad. And yeah. then he also had, like, multiple guitars and then... Drums. A, yeah, drum set. And she's like, you asked me forever to get you this drum set. It's like, you convinced me to want them, Mom. Yeah, that's I was really like, Whoa. fucking weird. He says a lot of, like, whoa, really makes you think stuff in this film. Right, and uh, it should also be added that, like, this was totally based... On a real person and yes. a real crime that happened. Yes. Uh, that was actually um, inspired by the story of the murderer known as Mark Yavorsky. So, he, I mean, same thing. The dude, uh, and you kind of filled me in on this before we started watching the film. Uh, he got way too in-depth with his method acting, as we've seen before with even popular named actors. I mean, obviously everyone is going to say fucking Heath Ledger. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though what I really want to say is Heathcliff. D-Day Lewis. The best dog. Yeah, D-Day Lewis. Uh, you just fucking... Val Kilmer. Yeah. He got really into um, uh, The Doors. Really? He had played... Morrison. 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 I'm surprised he didn't get really into fucking meth with uh, his... He did a very fantastic job in the film uh, The Salt on Sea. Okay. And even had to learn how to play the saxophone. Have you seen uh, Mr. Nobody? I have, actually. <laughs> it was dumb. Uh, it was very bad. <laughs> I did not like that. I like when he's in the police station, like, 
oh, we got a dead body here. And then he's, like, sitting there all blind and shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, maybe nobody did it. Yeah, that's actually my name, though. <laughs> I was like, dude, that's oh, the name. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and that's literally my favorite trope to fucking hate. And we even got that at, at one point. We in did. This fucking movie. You loved it. I fucking literally screamed. You did scream at me. I did fucking scream. Screamed at me. You scared both my hands, dog. Both hands on your shoulders and just opened up my mouth three feet long and screamed at you. And I was like, razzle them. Dazzle them. Razzle, dazzle them. And and you fucking razzle, dazzled me pretty fucking hard, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Gave you a raspberry. <sighs> right on your tongue. <laughs> And so, like, yeah, as we're kind of going through, a couple more people show up. He orders a fucking pizza to yeah. which he gets the pizza. And then... They have um, a tense standoff where he delivers the pizza. Which is, it's yeah, they're fucking hilarious. The character is so fucking out there, dude. Yeah. There's a lot wanna, of, like, surreal read, scenes in this read film. read up on this, like, the crime that happened mm-hmm. to see, like, exactly what happened. The guy uh, is out of prison. Wow. I think, like, he was, like, declared, like criminally insane and like i mean the dude i mean if 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 the character brad is anything like mr yavorsky Mm -hmm. then yeah that dude is absolutely criminally insane guy needs help hardcore and every person that kind of came up to give their secondhand account like oh you know he did do some weird shit but he was a nice guy but he was a nice guy let's give him a pass or whatever the fuck you know their stories just made him out to be a fucking crazy person and um his his uh, actions <laughs> show it in his words yeah his fiance ingrid uh goodmanson he planned to come into some money yeah and he's like i'm gonna buy you a house so he, he just started buy her a house right across the street from his mom so house. he just started walking up to houses and going i'm gonna buy you that house and he's like but it's not for sale he's like okay i'll we'll buy this one he's like this house isn't for sale and he's like so what Gets real creepy. So what? Yeah, just over and over. Keeps asking, and then he's, yeah. he's like screaming at her in the middle of the street. Yeah, and then we get to the part where we actually see. There's a lot of red flags in this relationship. Yeah, and it's just like, how did she stay? Because she seems she seems pretty well put together. How did they meet? Yep. Because you know he lives with his mom, and like mm-hmm. he's already kind of a little unhinged. Yeah. And their first date, she, like, came over to his I don't know if it was her first date, but, like... We, we yeah, we The first joked. date that we see, I guess. Yeah, we kind of joked, like, what a first date. Because she comes over to his house, his mom's house, or whatever. Yeah. And they're just, like, sitting awkwardly on the bed. The mom's just, like, staring at them, smiling creepily in her fucking Twin twin Peaks-ass fucking face. Uh, Grace Zabriskie, a Twin Peaks actress, mm-hmm. um, plays Brad's mother. Yeah, thank you for adding that because I was totally just gonna gloss leave it at that. that. Um, but yeah, like she does a fantastic really good job character making actor. you incredibly like uncomfortable with just her face. And it's not she because a, she looks. She has up. a powerful face. She just has yeah. She just has big dick energy in her face. It's fucked. <laughs> it makes me very unsettled. And so um, you know, he he goes to tell her that he lives with God. And God lives in his kitchen. Yes. And he takes her to the food pantry and shows her none other than Puritan oats. Literally just, I mean, it's uh, so that they yeah. don't have to pay for Quaker oats. Yeah. But it's the Quaker oats guy. And I'm pretty fucking sure it was the face of fucking Werner Herzog on that fucking oatmeal can. Maybe. I couldn't I couldn't clarify that. I don't think but so. But in my head, Could have been. I want it to be Werner Herzog's face plastered yeah. on the uh on Now the that you have Quaker seen oats the guy. face of God. 
And you realize it is your own face. What does we, that say about God? We are God. <laughs> yeah. We hold our own fates. We are the creators as well as the destroyers. Yeah. So, yeah, and you, another red flag, you know? Yeah, yeah, like this dude is obviously insane. Like, this guy... He's off his fucking rocker. Yeah, this guy very well could be uh, a young version of the man who shot John Lennon. Yeah fucking mark david chapman yeah if i remember right i think so yeah who uh talked to little people in his house and they had congress you know to tell him like i don't think that's a good idea mark or like yeah mark you should really fucking do that mark yeah you know just shit like that it like obviously escalated and... he probably brought his little beanie babies to mm. the cashiers to pay for his lottery tickets that's a real story that happened to both brent and i at a uh, old jobs that yep. was uh a real thing i had to sell a lottery ticket to a, uh, a a stuffed cat named snowball yep maybe we'll have a bullshit episode like we hinted at before where we're just gonna go off on some <laughs> talk about weird stories. fucking shit we've seen yeah working uh, gas stations yeah that that'll that might come at a later date um but yeah basically one of our old customers brad um it starts talking to this lady about god as the quaker oats man and she's just rolling with it like she's obviously concerned mm-hmm. but she's just rolling with it she's like it's fine this is fine. I think one of my favorite scenes in the film is uh, when they're having breakfast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then she bring, she's like, I can't eat another bite, Mom. I've I've had two helpings. I'm fucking full. Yeah. And she brings out a giant bowl of Jello. And what did they have for breakfast? Like a full fucking turkey. Yeah. A full fucking maybe it wasn't like, oven roasted turkey. Maybe it was dinner. Okay, yeah. Or and like that would lunch. make more sense. Yeah. But Yeah, a lot of fucking food. Yeah. Like literally a Thanksgiving dinner. And then she brings out... A greasy feast, like you made last Christmas. Oh my god. I think my dad might be the greasy strangler. <laughs> Alright, Gina, I'm shit scared now. <laughs> oh, man. Can't wait to see the next film from those guys. Yeah, I, that's that's gonna be a delight. And instead of cheesecake, they are rewarded... Big grape jello? Yeah, just black jello. <laughs> and he's like, this jello is hideous. I should feed it to the flamingos. Yeah. And then, like, Chloe's face, like, hey, come on now. He's like, hey. Be nice to your mom. Yeah, and he's like, I ever tell you how great you are, mom? Yep. And she's I'm like, gonna take my girls out on the town. <laughs> yeah, my best girls. Yeah. And then it's, yeah, it's a really surreal scene where they just do, like, a weird freeze frame. Yeah. They don't, it's like, that, well, not freeze frame. They freeze. The they actors like themselves freeze. They literally do a mannequin challenge for no fucking reason other than Werner Herzog told them and, to. And fucking David Lynch were there. Yeah. He's like, no, this scene needs a mannequin challenge. And Herzog's like, yes. Very good. Please in place and witness your own awkwardness. It's a nice family time. It is. You know, like when you just stop doing and moving and breathing and blinking. And you gotta try and hold a plate of jello real still. Yeah. And for some reason, Michael Shannon's there just looking fucking weird. Yep. As he does. He's just so good at it. Yeah. And um, that it, it it does that. They do this, you know, kind of mannequin standstill scene for like a solid like 30, 35 seconds. Just enough to make you very uncomfortable. Yes. And then we move on to like, you know, back to the scene. Where yeah, uh, I think you maybe wanted a pizza then. Yeah. I don't it, really, we're going to get the order of events mixed up it as it happens in the film, but yeah, it yeah. doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter because the events in the film don't make any fucking sense when they're revealed or what happens, other than uh, at this point, I believe his name was Lee, yeah. Lee Harris, maybe? Lee He's something. German, played yeah. by Udo Kier. Yeah, uh, 
centipede butthole eat man yeah. uh, comes in and he's like, yeah, I'm actually a, he's a play like a, director. Yeah, he's a play director. They're doing a, the old Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the name of it right now, but about, you know, uh, a man who slays his mother. Yep, because the mother slayed the father. The son comes back from war uh, to kill the mom in revenge that then triggers centuries long fucking curse curse where they're forever cursed to be killed by their offspring the belmonts like must rise every generation to defeat dracula it was indeed a terrible night yeah to have a curse yes and then uh uh lee lee he, he's like oh he was a very good actor he did real good. Yeah, and then at the same time complains about like him he's being disruptive. Like, yeah, and then like also like tells him like he's being a shit actor. Yeah, just like weird shit. Well, he wasn't like reading his lines. Yeah, he was skipping a hundred. Skipping lines. Line. Yeah, he skipped a hundred lines. He had also said at one point like, "Dude, you're just standing up there delivering lines." You're I thought he was doing pretty acting. good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, really I mean what do I know? He was Michael Shannon playing a dude that didn't really know how to act. So I mean, Michael Shannon did a great job. Did Brad do a good job? And like you said, it was literally like a community college play. Like, it was very <laughs> stiff, very awkward, very out there. It's just, well, it just seems that, well, it seems that way because it's just like in a little room where they're just rehearsing. Right. So, I mean, it's not like the theatrics put but on full display. But it felt like an improv group. Yeah. Mostly because of the, the chorus ladies. Yeah. Who were whisper. doing the goofy narrating that you have to hear too too many times yeah i would have to agree on that one like 110 percent cradle of storms cradle of storms cradle, cradle of storms, storms cradle of storms yeah you love that fuck dude i, I kind of like <laughs> community college theater climb up on your couch do a half front flip off of it and just snap my <laughs> neck under the carpet dive through the glass plate yeah just and then saw your head off yeah i fucking hey wish. remember that death scene in lost highway where that dude gets his head like impaled in the glass table oh fuck dude we gotta watch that movie again i've been oh, thinking about dude. that movie yeah. a lot yeah because i've been seeing you fucking post that picture of the creepy fucking the mysterious the, the the mysterious man the whatever. mysterious man yeah fucking <laughs> angrily <Christ>. filming <laughs> it's like Ugh, i'm so mad at you i'm gonna fucking tell me about everything it. so yeah uh, he must record everything he and he does he never misses a beat not even in your own home yeah when you think it's he's there right masturbate. now He's there right now. Yeah, he's going to leave you a package. Check your mail. What a good film. Um, right. So, like, we get to see him act and stuff like that. We should talk about they had to get a prop for the play. Yes. So, after we kind of see uh, Brad try to act a little bit and everything like that, then he gets, like, super into the role because they go into talking about what the play is about and all that whatnot, and he gets mega inspired. He's like, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he talks, yeah, he stands up in the middle of his lecture. Yeah. Razzle them, dazzle them, razzle, dazzle them. He does it again. And we have this, like, weird, awkward, like, lynch thing where, like, the director's like, I'm the director, Brad. You have to listen to me. It's like, you do what they tell you. Yeah. He's like, what, uh, like some, some play a role or, like, some fulfill. Some like, act a role. Others some play a part. Play a part, yes. Yeah. Which, Which is, is good, an old, old theatrical saying. It's a good line. Yeah, and um, and he's yeah brandishing the sword, mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of rehearsal. Yeah, which they get from Brad Dourif, who plays his uncle his Ted. Uncle. Yeah, who runs a fucking ostrich farm, big bird farm. Yeah, just a big yeah. Bird he, farm he, he'll, in he'll give you some fun bird tales. It's really yeah. nice. 
don't know if I'd call it a a break. Yeah, sort of like a com- comedic relief. Yeah. If you think like casual homophobia is funny. Right. I mean, like the character. I mean, of he, Ted is funny it's, in like it's a just, fucking Huckleberry Finn way. Yeah. It's. I mean, it, it, it's in like a just dumb like ju- I don't. Know. I juvenile. Had a, juvenile. Yeah. But just like weird crazy old man way yeah you're like i like you see this character this uncle ted character and you're like i know a few fucking uncle ted's yeah and you're just like their uncle ted he's telling about like this big ass fucking rooster that you have to hold a garbage bin up Mm -hmm. and it will like tear it to shreds with its back talons and he's like yeah we had to blowtorch them off they were too big (laughs) yeah and like talking about 45 pound turkeys he had oh yeah the biggest chicken you ever did ridiculous And uh, the ostrich snatches up Lee's glasses, and he has to, like, ostrich wrangle them out of its mouth. Yeah, and they're, like, all slimy and shit. Yeah, Yeah, it's just, like, it's a fun scene. And then, you know, uh, Brad Doro's character comes out of this, like, like, what seems to be his... his shack. Yeah, like, it was, like, a guest Place of business. Yeah, it was, like, a guest service tour stop area, and just comes out with... I like that he had a sword. sword. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where the fuck? He's like, he had, like, blue tassels on it and mm-hmm. shit. He's like, oh, you're serious about this acting shit? Yeah, and then we get into, like, the, the strange, like, blatant homophobia and racism. Yeah. Saying that, like... Oh, yeah. Only, only faggots and Negroes with attitude get into yeah. acting. And you don't look like no Negro. Yeah, and then he and then he's like... Uh, well, Lee You don't look like Ice Cube. His, um, yeah, you don't look like Ice Cube. And then, uh... You know, Lee tries to kind of hop to the rescue and say, like, it's an old Greek film. So, yeah, it's like, serious shit. Yeah. Uh, it's an old Greek play. Sorry. And he's like, the only thing that Greeks like to play with are each other's balls. And I was <laughs> it's like, like, that's pretty true, though. Why is he, like, giving Greeks the business? Right. Like, what's he got against Greeks? And then we find a out Greek, he... A Greek guy moved in yeah. oh, just over there. I had to lock my sheep up at night. Made him so nervous. The Greek play. Yeah, I don't know if that was, like, just trying to say that Greeks fuck sheep, or what the fuck he was trying to say. No, no level of depravity that the Greeks won't stoop to, I guess. Right, fuck yeah. It. Fucking Uncle Ted. Uncle Ted. What a pile. And that's not the last scene he's in. No, yeah, that's right. He does have he does have another scene. Another bizarre scene that I guess yeah. you could also call another break in the film. Yeah, I think that's literally all he exists for. Yeah. A really bizarre scene, and, like, an uh, image I actually kind of want framed now. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's great. And, like, it, like no setup, no reason as to they're why just talking they're walking in a, through he's, this fucking forest. Yeah, he's telling, like, a story about... A fable, it sounds like. Yeah, just, like, a totally made-up story. A book. story about, big, like, a commercial he was going to make, like, a, yeah. a rooster that was bigger than the horse and the little rider. Yep. And there's, like, a... And it was, like, apocalyptic, like, it, like, had something to do with the Bible and shit. Yeah. Because, like, well, the rooster was... When out. they're driving home from Uncle Ted's, yeah. uh, Brad and Lee are in the car. He tells them, he's like, <laughs> he's like, you know what the Bible has to say, like, the book of Job has to say? He's like, about swords? He's like, fuck no, ostriches. That fucking killed me. <laughs> uh, that's probably my favorite scene, just, like, that whole chunk there. <laughs> and then, yeah, he re- uh, recounts, like, Job 39.10 or some shit, I don't know. 39, 10, 13. Yeah, three sixteen. That's the bottom line. And um, <laughs> stomping mud holes. I'm not, I'm not gonna recite it, but the way he delivers it's really good. Yeah, he does a fantastic a fucking job. And that's just it. It's like we find out that this Brad character is indeed like uh, religiously charged. 
He is a fanatic, and he is incredibly unstable. He's spoken to God, and it's in his kitchen. Yep, uh, Quaker Oats, man. Yeah. I just, like, I'm trying to think, like, what... You go into your pantry, you see the Quaker Oats, man, you're like... Oh my God! This is it. This is God. This is God. This and you man hold it up, God. and you're looking down at it like, I found it. Yeah. And you, which you, is fine. And you're just showing Chloe Savigny this, and it's like, do you see? Yeah. And she's like, no, I'm literally here just to be everyone's very tired looking mom. Yeah. And that's that's why I exist. <laughs> I look like everyone's tired. I liked mom. her in uh, American Psycho. That was probably yeah. the first movie I'd ever seen her in. Usually we just see her at like formal dress or like she's like a nurse. There's a movie I need to watch. I think it's called The Last Days of Disco. Last Days of Disco. That just reminds me of The Son of Sam. With um, Kate Beckinsale and also starring Chloe Savigny. Hmm. I think that's what it was called. Well, I'm sure that it's a fucking great time. Yeah. We could maybe get some Manny Petties. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Get some uh, finger sandwiches. I know Disco. I don't know disco. <laughs> I know disco. Fuck, dude. We're we're coming back to Greasy Strangler a lot. Like, I feel like we need to see that movie again. Mm-hmm. We need to relive it. Yeah. We need to bring it back from the not crypt that we put it in. I got the DVD like, right it's, over there. It's literally right there. Maybe it's yeah. downstairs. That's a Miami Connection. Oh, another fantastic film. The uh, Draft House double feature episode series that we uh, released a while classic back. Ca- uh, classic couple episodes. Oh, loved them. Fucking, and just obviously check out the fucking movies. That's why you're here yeah, anyway. Yeah. How do we get back on track here with my son? Well, he it's... fucking exiles God from his house. Oh, yeah. He gives God to the cops. He rolls a Quaker Oats can out his fucking oh, yeah. garage door. I think I was absent when that scene played. And like... He's just like, I don't need him anymore. You take him. And he rolls the can of Quaker Oats <laughs> He's out. just a menace to these police officers. Yeah, he makes them listen to like a weird-ass a country fucking, gospel. Yeah, like, I don't know the artist. I'd have to look it up right yeah, now. Yeah, like, like a wireless little boombox. Yeah, boombox thing. And like they're like, just like I was born to preach the gospel. I love my job. I'm born to preach the gospel. I'm born to preach the gospel. I'm and like it's just blaring, and these cops are aiming like a hundred guns at this house, and he's like, "Listen to this, yeah. Hey, check this out." <laughs> and like, I have a tape I want to play. Yeah, and it just gets weirder, and they don't know how to fucking react with him, so they're just like talking to the fiance and Lee. And just being like, so what can you fucking tell me about this guy? He's so fucking out there. We don't know how to reach him. Yeah. And they're so worried about getting And he has hostages. Yeah, the whole time he's got two fucking hostages. These unknown hostages. Yeah. And they're like, dude, all the neighbors are accounted for. What the fuck? Yeah. So, I mean. Who could it be? Right. That's one of the fucking things we're going to let you find out. Mm -hmm. You'll probably be able to figure it out really fast, but you'll fucking figure it out. Just pay attention. You just got to find out for yourself. It's fantastic. And so after, you know, he exiles God, all that whatnot, we already got the pizza, we already got the sword, and we're doing He also all that. wanted to uh, escape to Mexico. He wanted to escape to Mexico. And a pizza. Yeah, along with his pizza. And, um, you know, they're running out of options. All of a sudden, you know, oh, well, you guys haven't defused the situation yet? All right, here comes SWAT. 
So then SWAT starts getting tactical positions put up all over the house, in the backyard, on different houses, etc., etc. And um, we kind of get the last snippet of, uh, like, a, however you want to put it, your secondhand account from uh, what happened when he actually killed his mom. Yeah, well, he got uh, he, he got fired from the play because he was being That's too destructive. Right. Yes. He went to Calgary where it premiered. Yep. Which, goddamn, that'd be, can you imagine? Yeah, like, he had that shot. He had that shot, and he got fired, and Lee felt really bad about it because he would, He did have a lot of actual... Yeah, uh, he, like, really respected was, him as an actor, good, but, but he... Still like, fired his ass? Yeah, and he would, like, he was sitting out in the crowd, and he was, like, belting out lines Really belting from, him out. Yeah, yeah. Like belting like, out the lines as the actor who replaced him said him. Yeah. And Very like, embarrassing. And just, like, looking at him, like, what the fuck? Yeah. And Lee He's really into escorts it. him out. I think one of the most disturbing lines mm-hmm. was uh, Chloe Sevigny telling uh, Willem Dafoe's detective about uh, when they were rehearsing, yes. and he killed her in the play because she played the mother. Oh yeah, dude, that was fucked up. He he whispered down to her, "Twitch your feet. I want to see my mother's feet dancing her to heaven." Yeah. That yeah. line never really stuck with me back then, but like watching it again, finally after like seven plus years since I watched this film last. Right. There was that, and then also, like, uh, when Lee, like, some of the details that come out when they do in this film, you're like, dude, could you have not just, like, let off with that? <laughs> like, it's very obvious that he did this crime, but, like, Lee's talking about how he had talked about, like, how he had already killed his mother, like, in the past tense. Yeah. And, um... Just like explaining the weird things and like, oh, you know, hey, that actually makes sense. He was, uh, he was actually pretty fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we get the last secondhand account. We see the setup of the scene where he actually ends up going over to the neighbor's house, his mom's house, right? And uh, there's two other neighbors there. They're all having tea and coffee and everything like that. He we had to uh, go get his lucky, lucky mug. mug. And so he comes back with it. He has a drink. It's the Razzle Dazzle one. Yeah, it's the Razzle Dazzle mug. With, like, the word art on it. Yeah, and it's, like, gold and sparkly. It's really pretty. It's cool. And then uh, he leaves. Cool. He comes cool back. Cool mug, Brad. Bra- Brad. He comes back with a fucking baseball bat and... The sword. The sword, wrapped up in, like, a rug. Yeah, that like that's, yeah, that's how he was giving it. And then he hands the baseball bat... To I believe Irma, yeah. Irma's character, and says, "You like kill like, me, kill me before it happens, kill me before it happens." And he keeps because, saying it. like they all kind of knew what he was going to do, especially after he brandished the sword, and he just kept repeating, "Kill me before it happens." He had given her a baseball bat, "Kill me before it happens," and she doesn't, and he just straight up runs the sword through his mom, and. You don't actually, you don't see yeah, the murder. You don't. You don't see the murder. And like, I'm actually kind of glad. Yeah. Like it's a, it's not a movie about the violence. Not at all. It's about like the, what the fuck is this guy? Yeah. It's very strange, and um. It's like a, it's like a murder mystery in reverse, like scattered. Which is kind of funny because that's actually how uh, Greek plays are. Okay. They start off typically with the end, and they end with the beginning. Thanks you for that nugget of information. I did not know that. Yeah. And then everything in between is like, they're like, well, everything in between is just the story. See, I'm more of a grindhouse theater type person. Mm-hmm. And Start you, you bring class to this event. I mean, 
this is why we mix true so thespianism well. <laughs> no i i uh, i remember having to do a whole fucking study on the odyssey and i thought it was the dumbest fucking thing that it ends i think i tried it reading it once and i was like Pfft. yeah it begins with the ending i was like this is the dumbest shit and then i like read through a great chunk of it and i was like dude the lotus eaters dude calypso all of this shit's so fucking sweet it's about the journey and see here's the thing funny you should mention it and funny i should mention it in this whole thing but when you when you brought up Mr. Nobody, mm-hmm. and they're like, maybe nobody killed him. That's actually something that Odysseus does when he's on this island ruled by Cyclops. Uh-huh. Um, he tells this Cyclops that his name is Nobody, right? And then, like, you know, kind of befriends him, steals Noob- his shit. Nobody. Ed Boon Noob- backwards. Oh, shit. Mortal Kombat! <laughs> so, like, he tells the Cyclops his name is Noobdy, and then steals all of his shit, and then when he pokes his fucking eye out, and he's like, remember that you were done in by the heroic warrior known as Noobdy. And then when the Cyclops is screaming in pain, all the other Cyclops on the island are like, brother, who has done this to you? And he's like, it was nobody. It was nobody. And they're like, nobody. Fucking owned. Nobody. What the fuck? Okay, well, you dumb bitch. And then their entire trek gets fucked up because Poseidon's like, my son's a Cyclops, bitch. But you shouldn't have done that. Right. And you made then, me really upset. And then Michael Shannon comes in. He's like. And kills his fucking mom with a kills sword. Kills God. Yeah, he kills God. <laughs> he, uh. Rolls him down the street. He screams, Persona! And then he fucking proceeds to punch God in the face. Yeah. And that's how Persona 1 through everything ends. Yep. It's about right. Shin Megami Tensai. And just Shin Megami in general. You punch God in the face. Yeah. A lot. He didn't take the Chloe Savigny neutral path and went down the, the order the, the path of chaos. I mean, I always chose chaos, but that's... Might rules everything. Might over... Order. See, and oh yeah, order. Yeah. 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 I I I, I kind of accidentally went into the uh, order ending for SMT four. But that's a good one. It's that's pretty a cool. good one because that's how fucking uh, um, what was it? Anarchy, if I remember right. SMT four A, Apocalypse. Sorry, SMT four A starts off with the order ending of SMT four. Pretty sweet. We might have to do like a. Uh, GSMT series, yeah. A two-parter to cover everything without getting too fucking ridiculous. Dude, in a in a year where The Last of Us came out, yeah. SMT4 was my favorite game of that year. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's I probably had the most Which is weird, fun. Cause if you told me if you told me in 2012 that a 3DS yeah. game was going to be my game of the year, right? I probably I probably would have farted in your mouth. Right, but the 3DS SMT uh games are immaculate yeah like i had a fucking shitload of fun playing smt4a i even had some fun with ghost hackers which to be fair was like i didn't uh a shinied sega saturn port yeah and it plays like a sega saturn game yeah. rpg it was it was rough it was rough. rough i thought that i was gonna really really fucking dig it having been in that smt hole but in short it was mostly, I, I played that game to yeah. get ready for 4. Absolutely, yeah. And then I never looked back. And like the SMT series, you just get strong enough to punch God in the face. Yep. And someday we're going to talk about that series. 
Yeah. And today, I mean, I think that we finished talking about my son. Yeah. Because you get the final secondhand thing, you see how it happened, you realize, oh, it's because he was honestly truly disturbed. Yeah. And then... (laughs) There are plenty of warning signs. There are a lot of warning signs, and then, you know, the play... And the getting fired, mm-hmm, all of that broke stuff. Him. Yep, just set him right over the edge, and he ends up getting arrested. You know, yeah. there was but, like a little like side trip he took to Mongolia or something. Oh yeah, dude, that didn't make any fucking sense. To Why me. is like, the world did... staring at me? Yeah. Why are the clouds staring at me? Yeah. I kind of like that scene. I like it. I just didn't really understand how it fit in. Nope. And like, kind of wondered how in the fuck. You know, like, they decided to... Um, yeah, it took, like, very minimal equipment. Yeah. And they pretty much, just, like, str- like harnessed a camera to Bre- uh, uh, Michael Shan's face and just kind of walk through, like, a Mongolian market or something. Yeah, it was, like, a bizarre area. And, yeah, they kind of filmed some of the people there. Mm-hmm. They probably, I think they said, like, yeah, we didn't have, like, a permit. Yes. So, like, yeah, they called it guerrilla filmmaking. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the people's faces you see in this place are just genuine, like, confusion, which kind of works towards the scene, because it's mm-hmm. like, you're looking at Brad. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, and so, like, you yourself are also staring at him. Yeah. But yeah, it was, um, maybe it was just used as, like, a final window into the mind of this character, which yeah. seems very Herzog. Yeah. You know, like, to truly understand this man, you have to be part of the problem. Yeah. And then realize that, like, you know, you're part of the problem. We live in a society. And motherfucker, do we ever die in one, too. Yeah. T-pose until the end of time. <laughs> so, yeah, you should check out my son, my son. I'm going to fucking... It's like... I, I mentioned normal core. Yeah. Except, like, a, a murder right. occurs yep. in it. Mm-hmm. It's like... it. It's just kind of like a... Like a... It doesn't really have super highs. It doesn't really have super lows. Yeah. Just kind of like coasts. Yeah. And you're just kind of going along with the ride. Yeah, and you're just like, man, this is weird. As you as you witness this like train wreck happen. But yeah, like you. Uh, it's like you already occurred, out, honestly. It's yeah. It's um. It is kind of done in the style of a Greek play, mm-hmm. which you know it's about one. Yeah. So, and then uh, here's just some short uh, trivia, which is of course again one of my favorite things about these episodes. The film's official screening at the 2009 Venice Film Festival actually took place on Werner Herzog's 67th birthday and was his fourth collaboration with Brad Dorif. Um, and then, you know, a couple of the people in the film he had worked with in several pictures, such as Willem Dafoe at, in uh, Wild at Heart and Brad Dorif in Dune and, of course, Blue Velvet. And then... Um, worked Come on, with, David Lynch. Um... Yes, sorry, I got my names mixed up. And then uh, Grace Zabriskie on several projects, including, of course, Twin Peaks, and then, of course, again, Wild at Heart, and, as you had mentioned while we were watching, Inland Empire. So, uh, it seemed like, as in bringing David Lynch in, it sort of became a Lynch film. You see, that's I think that's what originally drew me to it. I was, like, I was kind of going through my mm-hmm. David Lynch phase then. Yeah. Like, I, I, kinda, I bought up Lost Highway. Yeah. I bought uh, Mulholland Drive, um, Inland Empire. I already had Eraserhead. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I, I heard about this movie. So, and yeah, I was like, you oh, could, you directed could by the guy who did this. Bad Lieutenant. Yeah. 
a movie I fucking love. Right. Produced by David Lynch. And, and on the DVD case, it, it, I feel like David Lynch's name is more prominent on it. Right. Which... Which is interesting. Yeah. He like, produced uh, it. I really don't yeah. know, like, what input he had on the film, though, besides, like, I'm going to give you money. Right. And you're going to make this film. He, I imagine that he's kind of a, uh, an involved guy and mm. probably hung out with Herzog quite a bit. I imagine they probably had a lot of conversations. I, I swear they probably would, because they just seem like people that would go together. They probably clicked. Yeah. Like, I'd like, very well. Uh, I'd like to see them work together again. Same. Same. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. fun. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure what you were going to think of it, honestly. Right? Um, it's it's different. Yeah, it's different pacing for me as far as the movie goes. And I, I told you, like, going, it's like, it's not as wild as Bad Lieutenant. Mm-hmm. Like, Bad Lieutenant, Nick Cage is in it. It's going to be, it's gonna be fucking typically great. a good Nick Cage movie. It's going to be, be so pretty fucking, fucking wild. But yeah, this is a more, like, reserved... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Pay attention to the surroundings as much as you are the center. Yeah. And then I just, it just felt like it goes had its own way. Yeah, and then I felt like it also had, like, Lynchian pacing. Yeah. Uh, but also, like, Lynchian sound design, too. <laughs> With just, like, a lot of ambiance. And then also, like, a lot of scenes where it was just silence. Yeah. And just, like, awkward creepiness. Yeah, I, I, I wish I could explain you that scene with, like, the little man in the snow. Mm-hmm. And they're hanging out, and they take a nice little family portrait. Yeah, dude, that was fucking weird, but it's one of the gems of the film. Yeah. It honestly is. Lots of nice shots of, like, birds. Ostriches running around. Burbs. The the final shot of the film is just a basketball he left in a tree. And, like, the city... I want that as a poster, honestly. Yeah. Just, like, the nobody there, basketball in a tree... And then, like, just... This says a lot about our society as a whole. It does, and I am T-posing again. <laughs> but it's a tiny T-pose. Tiny T-pose. And a little boy comes and gets the basketball, and he probably becomes the next Brad. Probably. Fuck. That's probably how that works. about that. That's fucked up. Because you, you shouldn't go touching other people's b-balls. The year was 2099, and b-ball was dead. <laughs> The cyberpocalypse. Yeah, uh, we're getting off topic here, but yeah, my son, my son, what have you done? It was good. Check it, it out. It's yeah, it's especially if you're a Lynch fan or if you're just a uh, Herzog. Yeah, Werner Herzog fan or just uh, a purveyor. You want to see Michael Shannon enjoyer. in a leading role? Yeah, more of his weird face. Yeah, his fucking weird ass face. I liked it. Yeah. I watched it like a lot when I just got it. I watched it like three or four times. Damn, dude. I don't know if I could do that. It, I don't know, yeah, something about it, like right. Just I mean, it's really... only ninety-one minutes, so yeah, it's you hour and you a half. Spend your time on way stupider shit. Yeah, like go enjoy this film. It's, it's good. yeah. I mean, it's good. Something about it, yeah. It's just like it keeps me intrigued with repeat viewings. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know if I'd say it's something that I I see something I didn't notice before. Right. Mostly because like very upfront my form. brain is just usually shut off a lot, mm-hmm. and it doesn't really come on. <laughs> so I'm not, I guess I'm not really nitpicking a lot of details half the time. Mm-hmm. And there was one fuck up that they had when they were going through that airport, you know. Mm. And uh, Lee's character's talking about how absolutely enthralled Brad was with being in the city all the fucking glass and tubes and everything and he's walking backwards on that escalator looking down the tunnel and he's like 
this is the tunnel of time. This is it right here. And like they say that they're in Calgary. Yeah. Well, here's the fucking thing is that if you look out the window, there's fucking palm trees. They're in goddamn San Diego. Nope, the Calgary palm trees. Very famous. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone knows about the Calgary palm trees. Uh, Jesus saw him and he wept. Yeah. That he'd end his tears turned into small miniature ponies and teacup pigs and the most adorable things and they met with the flamingos and then they made uh teacup mingos which they had a razzle dazzle emblazoned upon them right and i think that's actually what i evolved from yeah okay razzle dazzle mini mingos i think we're gonna cut it there absolutely yeah thanks again for watching uh, Watch this it. movie. Yes. After we talked about it, we're gonna go ahead and thank you in advance. Yeah, because you're going to. We know you will. <laughs> yeah. We know you. <laughs> I know. I okay. I think I know what's going on here. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as always, thanks for coming back to listen to us. And um, if you noticed our break. We've got things explained on like a like a short bonus episode where we also kind of talk about what we've been up to and what happened with um the break in our episodic saga. We were of doing awesome. so good, yeah. We were, but God we were, stopped us. Fucking, I will strengthen my own demons and punch God in the face myself someday. I'll cast and Buff. shoot him with gun. No, I'll be your party member that just comes in and does like the like weakest fire attack on. Oh him. my god, dude, that pisses me off so hard. And then like hits fucking charge and like hits his like bar, hits his like strength, so he like resist reflects it and gets like four extra turns. And then mercs the entire party in like half of a turn. Oh my yeah. fuck! But yeah, so as always, uh, all of the links to our merch shop and all of our social media are in the episode description, so I no longer have to prattle that off. Yeah, I'm don't really do happy it. About Please that. don't. No, yeah, I'm super happy I don't have to do that. It's just everything's right there. Yeah. So if you want to follow in us on social media, look in the fucking episode shit. I love it. And then our merch shop, again, or it's just in the episode comments. Search podcast for two people on the internet. I don't know. We might show up. We might, pretty dope. We might be found. You might have been found by us. Maybe we found you. Maybe we maybe we were saved. By you. <laughs> I love you all. Thanks. Love you. Thanks. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.